Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Trending Ticker. I'm your host, Parker Friedman, and as predicted yesterday, today was a nothing news day. Nothing. Started off green in the morning, went back to red, closed slightly up green in two out of the three indices. We're not even going to go into the specifics of that because I promised you yesterday that if it was a slow news day today, I would go into the stocks I like right now and where I think the buying opportunities are in this market. So we're just going to kind of kick things off right away. I am going to mention a couple stocks that I like that I have mentioned in the past. I'll try to go a little bit deeper into my thesis behind why I believe they're companies that should be bought. But we're first going to start off with the company that I am currently holding, and that is Smith & Wesson. And this is a pretty simple one. Record gun sales for the past three or four months, and this is known by the background checks. And then, again, during the company's earnings report, they came out and flat out stated that right now demand is outstripping supply. There's not enough guns that they can make in order to meet the demand of the current market. So, you know, and that's for a lot of reasons right now. Obviously, there's a ton of civil unrest going on, and I do not think that is going to improve one iota, folks. We're going into a very contentious election where both sides hate each other. It's plain and simple. It's how it is in the current day America is that Republicans and Democrats do not like each other. They, they flat out hate each other. If you believe the opposite, you're, you might as well be dead to the person you're talking to. So, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't matter who wins the election. The opposite side is not going to be happy about it. There's going to be accusations thrown from either side. So, and that's going to lead to more of this unrest. And I just think that the gun market, people are going to want to get their guns. They're going to want to defend themselves. I think the obvious is if Biden wins and gun reform tries to get put into place, the, the stock will go up as people realize, oh, shoot, I can no longer get a gun. I need to go get one before I can't. So and then if Trump wins, I think it's going to lead to a massive protests and possibly riots. And, you know, the average day American who's not a part of the protests or the riots may feel like they need a gun to protect their residents. So, again, I am very bullish Smith and Wesson. I think the current state of America kind of proves that we're in an area where, you know, we haven't really been before in this country. It's very contentious. People are angry. People are upset. And it's just, you know, it's leading to a lot of, you know, not so great things going on. And I think people are going to start to want guns in order to, you know, feel safer, whether that's the answer to feel safer. That's not for me to say, but it's my thesis. And that's why I believe Smith and Wesson is a buy. Another company that I think is so underpriced right now is actually ridiculous. I didn't even check on the stock today, but that is CVS. It was trading at nine and a half times earnings the other day. Let's see where it's at. It's at 57.50. 57.40 right now. Let me just break down with CVS. CVS for the past four quarters has beaten earnings. The past two have been grand slams. You remember what a grand slam is? That's beating on both the top and bottom line and then crushing guidance. And it baffles me how this stock just gets no love. Trading at nine and a half times earnings. You know Walgreens trades at 35 times earnings? And Walgreens doesn't have half the stuff CVS has. For those who don't know, CVS recently, and recently is like the past year and a half, purchased insurance giant Aetna. And what that allowed them to do was get an insurance branch off their retail and pharmacy branch. And then not to mention they're partnering with Aetna to open 
mobile health hubs basically at CVS stores. So that it's a basically a minute clinic in the CVS. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to go to CVS. You're going to get your appointment. You're going to get your checkup. Any prescriptions you need to be filled will be filled on point in-house. And then while you're waiting, you need some candy, something to eat, something to read. You're going to go buy it from the retail store. I mean, it blows my mind the opportunities this company has right now in it blows my mind that the stock is so undervalued. Nine and a half times earnings. $57 to me for CVS is a steal. The only reason I haven't bought it is because I think it's going to get even less love. And if we have another downturn in this market, it's going to get hammered down to the 50s. And I would so take a load of CVS in the 50s. You know, I just, I can't imagine with COVID vaccine possibly coming out and CVS, yes, will carry the COVID vaccine. They're going to be one of the places, especially if they have these mobile health hubs, it's going to be one of the places you've got to go get vaccinated. So you have that, you have the hubs, you have the growth of telehealth, which I think they could set themselves up for very nicely in those mobile health hubs. It's just the opportunities are endless. The company keeps reporting good quarters over and over again and just gets no love and this it pays a solid dividend right and you know you like to look for companies that report good earnings and continue to pay the dividend the dividend hasn't increased but it also hasn't decreased right they pay a three three point four five percent dividend yield i'll take that that's pretty good and you know that like i said they haven't increased it but it hasn't decreased right it stays consistent it's income, and it's in addition to any capital appreciation you have from the stock. You know, it's just a great company. I think the CEO is doing a very, very good job, and I just it it baffles me why it's so low. Because if you if you wanted to trade it up to a multiple of where uh, Walgreens is at, it's a hundred fifty dollar stock. If you do the math out, if it was trading at thirty four times earnings like Walgreens is, it'd be a hundred fifty dollar stock. So it just it really baffles me how people can keep you know, just not talking about this stock. It's been open the whole pandemic. It's reporting great earnings. It was reporting great earnings pre and post pandemic. I just, this is one that will always confuse me. And it's one that I am super, super bullish on. And I think is a really strong contender to push the seventies level into next year. I thought it was going to push it this year, but then it got, it got derailed. And let's talk about why it got derailed because there's no real negative news. Why it got derailed was to begin with, they thought Bernie Sanders was going to win the Democratic primary and possibly the election, and then universal health care would kick CVS out of its market. And I just don't think that's true. Even if Bernie Sanders did get elected, I don't think they'd ever really they'd lose market share because of universal health care. I think that's a myth. I think people are still going to have to go get – the government would just pay them, right? The government would pay for their prescriptions. It's, it's no different. So that was – it was up at 70, dropped back down to 60. Then the you know the crash COVID hit dropped down to the 52 and then back up to and hovered around 65 for a while. Now all of a sudden it's at you know 57. In trading at nine times earnings, folks, that's a steal considering it's part. If you look at its competitors, specifically Walgreens, trading at 35 times earnings, again it's a $150 stock if it's trading at the same multiple as its main competitor Walgreens. So super super bullish CVS. Another. Super bullish company I've talked about on the podcast I'm in is Walmart. I think Walmart could compete with Amazon in the next year. Yes, I said it. It could compete with Amazon. Why? They just announced their version. It's Walmart Prime where they have next day delivery. 
And we see all these retail spaces coming out, a lot of them getting bought out. I am curious on why Walmart didn't buy JCPenney. Why? Not because I didn't. I think they should have bought the stores. No, they should buy the property. Buy the company, liquidate JCPenney, keep the property, though. Why? Because that's where you're going to have your fulfillment centers to send off these products for this one-day shipping that you've just implemented. Plain and simple. And if they can do that and if they can really stick with this online delivery service, I think you're going to see less Walmarts around in physical locations and more Walmart fulfillment centers where you could either, A, just go pick up the item you just bought like 10 minutes ago, pick it up, or B, it's going to be shipped to you next day. And plain and simple, if they can do that and they can start shutting down unprofitable stores, it's going to be a profit machine. A machine. Amazon's got it down to a science. And if Walmart can do that and compete with Amazon, I mean, they're both big brand names. I think they can. I think they can compete with Amazon. I think eventually people, you know, you're going to have a price war and this and that. And Walmart really is opening themselves up to, to be in a good spot with this. I think their online business grew so much over the pandemic and the opportunities they've been given. And now that they're, you know, taking advantage of next day shipping, if they can do other things, it's just, like I said, endless opportunities. That's what the majority, the two out of these three companies we've talked about so far right now, it's just, there's so many opportunities to do well. I just can't seem to think that the company's going to do bad. I trust both management teams in both Walmart and CVS. So I, I you know, I think Walmart's a buy, and I think they're going to end up competing with Amazon. It's a really, really bold prediction, and I know it is, and it probably makes me sound crazy. But they have their own version of Prime, and if they could just figure out a way to turn certain stores into fulfillment centers, I think they could do it. And then the final stock on my radar is, of course, who we talked about yesterday, and that is Peloton. Peloton hit almost $100 a share today, dropped back down to about 96 after the market you know, turned red. But again, guys, if you haven't listened to the Peloton podcast I did in May, go and give it a listen. You know, one quote I have from that podcast is I called Peloton the Netflix of at-home fitness, and that is what it's turning into. Forget about the hardware. Forget about buying the treadmill or the bike or whatever other hardware products they offer. It's all about that online workout, that subscription money. 333% increase in subscriptions year over year this year. Now, of course, accelerated by the pandemic, let's not sit here and pretend that it's, you know, just organic growth, really. People were forced to do it. But I think, like I said yesterday, people are afraid to go to the gym. They don't want to either, they don't want to work out in the mask because they feel like they're going to suffocate in it, or they don't want to go because they think it's a germ fest. Both are relatively good points. (coughs) Excuse me. But, you know, what it's it's going to shift to is more people are going to go online and online is here to stay folks like in like being in your home and doing everything you want to do is here to stay i hate to break it to everyone there's no point for most people to go back to work the companies know that they're going to save so much money not having employees in physical locations no more lease payments you know you don't even need to go to, to the, the commercial gym because you got peloton telling you how to do jumping jacks and jump squats and they're going to kick your butt into shape what do I need to go lift weights for? Peloton's going to do it for me. And it's it's here to stay. And I'm telling you, they're probably, they will never put commercial gyms out of business. It's not Netflix in that respect, but they can put a serious, serious dent into commercial gyms. 
This this stock has unlimited upside. Think about Zoom. You never would have thought about Zoom two years ago, even you know before March of last year. Never would have thought about it. Now it's a staple. You never would have thought about Peloton before last March, and it's going to turn into a staple. People are going to either want the Peloton bikes or the subscription service or both. They don't want to go to gyms, and all it takes is one more COVID outbreak, and gyms will just get shut right back down. And, you know, we're looking like, it. you know, according to the experts, we could have a bad flu season in, you know, the you know whatever normal flu season is. I'm telling you, folks, Peloton is a really strong company. Really, really strong. I didn't get the chance to look at their financial statements from the quarter yesterday, but if it's anything like the quarter today from last uh, quarter in March, knockout, blowout, that's a company to invest in. The last company I want to mention, and this is maybe, I'm just bullish on this whole space, is DraftKings. If FanDuel was a publicly, they are publicly traded, but if FanDuel was a little bit more, you know, in the news, I think you probably could say I was, you could probably be bullish FanDuel too. But I think DraftKings is just better positioned. They have a more, their name is more out there. So I think I'm most bullish in DraftKings, but I'm bullish this whole space. So if you find a company in this space, in this online sports gambling space or online betting period, I think it's safe to say that it's probably a bullish prospect. In full disclosure, I do have an ETF in one of my accounts that has exposure to all of this, this whole field of bets, B-E-T-Z. Look it up. It's a great, it's a great ETF. But DraftKings, people aren't going to be able to go to sports games as much. Football happened last night. I wish DraftKings came out with the numbers. I would love to know the numbers from today. But, you know, only 17,000, I think, were in Kansas City to watch that game. 17,000 fans. All the people who couldn't go really want like that, oh, my God, I want to be at the game. I want to feel that rush. Well, how are you going to feel that rush? You're going to gamble. And, you know, you can sit here and you can tell me that, oh, it's not legal everywhere. Well, just wait another year. It's going to be legal in the vast majority of places. It, it is. It, states need money. States need money. So they're going to legalize anything they can tax, and that is sports gambling. And marijuana, another space I'm pretty bullish on. I don't, I don't follow the space as well, but from a theory perspective, I'm bullish anything in which will become legalized due to the need for tax revenue. But sports gambling in particular, the lack of being at a game is really going to help sports gambling industry because people want the rush. They want to feel like they're like exhilarated and they're there. And that, that shot, that game winning shot means so much more than just their team winning and be like, if a game-winning shot happens and you're at the game, you're going crazy, you've had a few brewskis, and you're just going nuts with everyone around you, and you feel that great excitement, wouldn't you want to feel that excitement at home, but you won money? Instead of being around everyone, it's because you have won money on the game. And, you know, not to mention this whole Michael Jordan thing, which was genius. We talked about this on the pod, like, I think it was a week ago it happened. Genius! And now they're already in Wrigley Field. All it takes is for them to be, and they have an exclusive deal with baseball. You can't bet baseball anywhere. You can bet baseball, but you can't play daily fantasy baseball anywhere else. Get a DraftKings hub for daily fantasy in every MLB stadium, every single one. So when we do go back, or the limited amount of people who go back, will go there and participate and play. Do some that isn't even gambling. Do some for the kids. Do a daily fantasy with the kids. Let them go. They have to pay to play, but it's not for gambling. Or maybe it's for prizes. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know the legality of it. I'm not a lawyer. But again, another company with endless opportunities. 
And that's what you got to look for in a market like this is companies that I don't know if DraftKings is really undervalued because it's hard to say they're undervalued when they don't have any earnings. They have no debt, though, and they're producing revenue hand over fist. It just, it's going to be take a little bit for them to adjust the costs and to get that to capture the market share while consistently earning. And I get that. So it's hard to tell whether they're undervalued. But in a market like this, where, yes, there are some companies that are brutally undervalued, CVS. There are some companies that the current state of the country just shows that they should be bought, Smith & Wesson. There are some companies that have emerged even stronger out of this pandemic, Walmart. And then there are companies with endless opportunities due to the mismanagement of funds in the American economy, DraftKings. You have the mismanagement of your your stimulus money that you just received. You're going to blow it on sports betting. You have the mismanagement of the funds in a state's budget. They need more tax revenue. They're going to legalize sports gambling. You have people unable to go to sporting events. So instead of buying a ticket, they're going to bet on the game. They're going to buy a different ticket. They're going to buy a betting ticket instead of a physical ticket. And that's how they're going to get their rush. DraftKings is it, guys. DraftKings is probably... Outside of CVS, even though I don't own, I, I wish I could say Smith & Wesson is my favorite play out of all four of these, but outside of CVS, which I've just been super bullish for so long and I'm just super disappointed that the price action doesn't work, DraftKings might be like my unicorn stock bullishness, if that even makes sense. I'm so bullish DraftKings and so bullish that space. That's the future. That and telehealth are the two future spaces. If you want to go into industries I'm bullish in, Those are the two industries I'm most bullish in, but DraftKings is probably the stock I'm the most bullish about. I think it has the most upside potential, and I think it should be trading at where Penn's trading at, and it just hasn't caught up yet. But that's it for today's show, guys. Before I go, uh, you know, today is 9-11. We need to never forget about the, the fallen souls that we lost that day. It's a super, super sad day. And it was also a day where the country really came together and became stronger. As much of a sad experience as it was, the country did become stronger because of it. But we must never forget about the souls that we lost in the towers. And then of the first responders, we lost trying to save people for coming out and fighting the blaze for the towers cause. So I just want to take like a quick 10 second moment of silence to honor those who have fallen on this day. All right. With that being done, the statements made in this podcast are of my opinion and should not be taken as investment advice. This needs to be, you know, this is really underlined for this specific podcast because I've talked about specific securities. Do your own due diligence. Don't buy, don't buy stocks based on my opinion. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Parker underscore Friedman three. Twitter is at the notorious PF three. In the link of both of those, there in the bio of both of those, there is my link tree for YouTube. We will have our third video in the options series coming out tomorrow at some point. I can't give you an exact time, but at some point tomorrow, that video will be out. And then finally, Sunday, our first Sunday conversations episode will be out. I'll be sitting down with former NFL tight end Hakeem Vals, and we'll be discussing his entrepreneurship journey, his in real estate investing, his NFL journey, and so much more. And finally, guys, if you could subscribe and leave a rating down below and let me know how I'm doing, let it be a one-star rating. Give me some constructive criticism. I want to know. You tell me. 
But guys, have a fun weekend. Stay safe and stay investing.